You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And it is time for the Pride of Detroit POD cast. PrideofDetroit.com, at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. You know who we are by now. If you don't, welcome. This is who we are. We talk about the Detroit Lions, the NFL, and stuff. That's what we do here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Pride of Detroit cast. That's what it stands for. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host. Why am I called adequate? Because adequate is a joke. People. Some people get the joke. Some people do not. Some people get the joke and think it's still in bad taste because they think everything needs to be spot and spackless. Guess what? That's not what we are here. We are raw and unfiltered. Chris, at Chris Perfett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Jeremy Reisman is the fearless leader here, called such because he is actually very, very fearful of many, many things. Uh, how are you today, Jeremy? I'd say I'm fearful today. And I think I know why, and we're going to get into that very quickly on why yes. you are very scared. But first, we introduce our third man, the third man, the Shawn Michaels of this podcast, Ryan Matthews. Black is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. Did I screw that up with the third man? Shawn Michaels wasn't the third man, was he? No, he wasn't, but I don't want to be the third man either because that was Hulk that's, Hogan. That's true. That's, that's Nobody true. wants you to be Hulk Hogan. No one, the Hulkster's past his time. No one likes him. We got in the wrestling talk early to make Jeremy mad. That's the other joke. Uh, by the way, today I am playing the role of Punished Venom Snake right now. Uh, I just got back from a place in L.A. called Howlin' Rays, which is Nashville hot chicken. And if I suddenly drop my mic and have to go to the bathroom or something, like just please <laughs> carry on without me. My mouth is on fire. We'll do our best. You will do adequately. Oh, thank you for bestowing that honor upon us, Chris. I give you the power to do it. I'm I'm fine. I'm just dying a little bit. Speaking also, of hot diarrhea, let's talk about the hot diarrhea game. and death and death from spice. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy, getting us right into the thick of things. Detroit Lions 33, Tampa Bay 30, in a score that is absolutely not indicative of what we thought about this game at all. And I've seen some people trying to pull some glimmer of hope in that the backups for the Detroit Lions put up something like, what, 27 points in that second half to eventually come back and win this? But this was not a good game. This is not what you wanted. Remind me, Jeremy, this is supposed to be the dress rehearsal game, right? Was it a dress rehearsal game? Did the starters play enough for you to call it a dress rehearsal? Yes. I mean, they played essentially a full half and then an extra series, both offense and defense, into the second half. And... It did not go well. I mean, we don't know exactly how much they prepped in terms of game planning and scouting and things like that, but 
Matt Patricia did say throughout the week that they were going to do some of it, and it did not go well. I mean, by the time the Lions were in the third quarter and still had their starters in for that extra series, not only does the offense essentially go three and out, I think they got one first down on that drive, uh, but they're doing it against Tampa's second and sometimes even third stringers. And then Ryan Griffin, who I don't think anyone has heard of and probably – if you hear that name, you think of family guy before you think Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Dude put up a hundred yards and a touchdown, 130 passer rating on the Lions first and second stringer. So if this is a dress rehearsal, then I don't think many people are going to want to see the play when it opens. This is a half that, and this is a first half dress rehearsal that ended with a missed field goal by Matt Prater returned for a touchdown. Detroit Lions got got had to play the role of Alabama in the 2013 Iron Bowl in this game. Congratulations. You know but better to get out that very Lions-esque play in the preseason. Get it out of the way now so that we don't have that happen in the regular season. That's not going to happen in the regular season. You're not going to send Matt Prater out to kick a 62-yarder in the rain Are on you the sure? road. I'm pretty sure. Someone pointed this out. Jim Caldwell did have them kick a 61-yarder, and Prater was money for that one, though. Was that indoors? Was that indoors? I don't remember. I don't remember it either. But I... Ryan, Im- immediate reactions for you on this game. Was this Basura for you? I, I, made, I made plans that I wanted to keep, but then we had the rain delay. Okay, So I made these plans knowing or thinking that the game was going to start at 8, and then the game got pushed back an hour, and I was like, all right, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to make plans. And then by the time that the Lions, by the time that that play happened that you guys are talking about, the kick six return, I was like, hey, do you still want to do this? Because I can't watch another half of football. (laughs) (laughs) And And then the crazy thing that happened that I thought was kind of rather insane, um, were all the starters coming back out in for the beginning of the second half in the third quarter? Because initially it was, oh, Matt Castle's coming out of the field, and then it was, nope, that's the first team offense with Matthew Stafford. And to begin this game with the rain delay and all that stuff, I didn't even want the game to be played. I was just like, please, just nobody get injured. Like that would right. be the worst. But then oh, yeah. the worst actually happened because the Lions played. <laughs> <laughs> I, we we would definitely all be feeling a little bit better right now i think had the lines not ended up playing on friday but i, I I'm, I'm i'm not gonna defend anything that happened on on friday it wasn't a good game I, I thought the first string offense did okay in terms of moving the ball but obviously red zone issues creeping up again and that's very concerning especially when we're supposed to have a better running game and it was not good at all in the red zone so yeah, we're going to get into impress depress in a little bit and point out some individual performances that might scare us. And I know that Jared Davis, I have here, his name penciled and circled. And I know Jeremy has said that's not even the worst one he can think up. So I'm really curious to see his impress depress. But I think the bigger question I want to play with you guys is now this is now probably the third game in the preseason. Uh, it is the third game in the preseason. I don't know why I said probably, but. It's it's a it's a game where now we we've we've yet to see a really good a decent preseason game out of the Detroit Lions and I get it it's preseason even even when you are trying to be trying to at least see what you've got you're still going pretty vanilla 
But even when the but every time the starters have been out for the Detroit Lions, it's not gone well. Granted, we haven't seen that many of them. We barely saw any of them in the Raiders game. We saw Stafford for one drive in the Giants game. Uh, but we've, I mean, between this game and everything else, I guess the big question is coming up. Are, are you allowed to start panicking about the Detroit Lions? Because it's preseason. You're not supposed to take preseason seriously. Yet of this, this state of the team, all we have to go on is what this team has done. And like, I, I don't know what, what else do we have training camp when they were playing each other. It has the problem of being training camp where you're in the, in the enclosed environment where you're playing yourself. And I don't know, we are all sitting here trying to prognosticate what these lines will be in Matt Patricia's first year. And I don't like, I, I don't know. Should people be scared? Are they allowed to be scared? Not saying you need to be scared, but if someone is starting to panic a bit on the lions, that's, that's, that's allowed now. Right. Panic is such a strong word. Uh, concerned. I would be concerned. I think concerned is, is, is a fine emotion to be having at this point. The, the thing, though, that I want to point out is, like, we desperately tried during the prison to, to find out the Lions' ident- identity in 2018, what they're going to be in 2018. But that's an impossible task, not only because we're just watching, you know, a very limited amount of, of preparation and of the starters and all that, but Lions' identity is going to change throughout the year. And the defense has been awful, but it stands to reason unless there's a huge major injury to like Darius Slay or, or whoever, I, I don't even know who else is, is a really standout guy, dependable guy in this defense right now. That's but a unless, problem. Yeah. Right. Unless there's a major injury, we're watching the defense at its worst right now. Right. They're just learning a new scheme. They're not game planning all that much. We're not seeing a lot of those starters. So we're seeing the defense at its absolutely worst. It can only get, well, I know it's dangerous saying something like this, but it can only really get better. It will get better while they learn the system, while they get more comfortable. And hopefully Matt Patricia, as he's shown in the, in his past, he can adjust on the fly. And so the team that we might see out of the gates, and and I've said this a lot, like this defense is going to struggle right away. It's going to struggle in the first month, the hope. And my belief is that it's going to get better. I don't know how much better in its first year, but it's going to get better. So in terms of the defense, Long-term, I'm not concerned. In the immediacy, I'm absolutely concerned because there are some individual performances that we'll get into that have not been very good on defense. And um, it's I think it's unrealistic to think they'll suddenly be better week one against the Jets. Ryan, your thoughts? I, I'm I think I think I'm more I think I'm I think I'm more so in Jeremy's camp than not. Like, yeah, panic is a very strong word. Uh concerned is definitely where you should be. There just hasn't been anything that's been very encouraging, like throughout right. the preseason. Um, and I mean, there have been some depth guys. We'll get into that and impress, depress, but those aren't the things that, those aren't the areas that you turn to to look at and say, well, yay, the 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 depth is like you know so, some of the guys who might be at the bottom of the depth chart, um, who might be playing their way onto the roster, yay, they're playing well. Like that's playing nothing- well against. Playing well against Tampa's second and third string, too. Sure. Um, those things aren't the things that I want to be encouraged by. Like, I want to be encouraged by things like Jared Davis's growth, um, potentially like the defensive line developing a consistent pass rush, uh, the offensive line finally, you know, being able to push guys off the line. 
those are the things you want to be encouraged by, but they not only have they just not shown not only have they just not shown up, like there is no like suggestion like suggestion that they might show up. So I think that's like the stepping up point from like where Jeremy's level of concern is to where my level of concern is, is that I don't see how it can get better. Like I I I I understand I understand that it's gonna take time, but like I don't know who's gonna walk through that door because at the end of the day, maybe some of these players just aren't players. Yeah, but you're not seeing growth. And I think that's that's definitely very concerning when you're looking at I mean, we talked, I think, last episode about uh about Taylor Decker and now this episode we're going to be talking about Jared Davis but we're talking about you know first second I mean we talked to Ashawn Robinson before that first second rounders in recent drafts are just not stepping up not really growing into what you expect of them yeah we're talking about Bob Quinn draft picks yeah Yeah. I I think people are starting to kind of look at that 2017 draft and be like oh you know maybe maybe we're a little quick to crown Bob Quinn and and I mean he's okay he's he's allowed to have a bad draft every team has bad draft and and, you know, I, I put out that piece on Jared Davis today about my concern about him, not labeling him a bust yet, but just legitimate concerns that the same problems we saw him have in college are, are still here to stay. But I, I, I do go back to the point that, I mean, this is essentially, Matt Patricia's has only had a month, essentially, to implement his scheme in terms of actual on-field experience and, and outside of just film room stuff. So, I, I, I still think we can see that improvement coming from the players that we've got. I don't see this being a top 10 defense. I don't see it being a top 15 defense, but I think, you know, by the season's ends, we, we could certainly have a, a middle of the road, maybe 20th to, to 16th type of defense from, from this cast of guys, because the, the potential is all there, right? We, we know that Jared Davis has the physical capacity to be a really good linebacker. It's just the between the years stuff. And you know, theoretically speaking, maybe maybe Patricia is the one to to kind of put everything in place for him. I'm I'm not I'm certainly not convinced of it yet, which is why I put out that piece. But I'm just I'm not hitting the panic button yet on the defense. I'm just I'm trying to stay optimistic. Do just, you just because it's early? Do you think at least even for the for the pass rush for the front for the front line here too? Like it's just a matter of just there has not been any investment in new talent when it comes to the defensive tackles and the edge rushers. It's certainly a concern. I mean, they don't have a bunch of playmakers there. I do think it's a little bit better than people are giving it credit for. Ricky Jean has had a fantastic preseason, I thought. And I think Devon Kennard is also looking pretty good in the last couple games he's played. You know, he started on the, uh, was it the NFI or the Pup? I think it was the NFI. So um, he's kind of still just kind of gaining his feet. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not quite as down in the defense as I think everyone is, but you know, I, I do think it's going to be rough. I think it's going to be rough against the Jets. And what do you make then of the offense? Because, I mean, this is this is the same offense we had. I mean, as Jim Bob Cooter should be the same offense that you had under under Jim Caldwell. What's what's really going on here? Hmm, well, there's there's a lot to kind of break down here. The, the first, and it's the easiest cop-out, right, is that T.J. Lang isn't playing, and the lines have been rotating guys. Either I, I, can't, guard I can't or buy that. I can't buy that it's just a matter of one tackle right. on, on the line. Because if that's the case, and this line is very, like, as soon as an injury mounts up, then the season's over. Right, and that that's the point I was going to bring up. Like, you can't just rely, you say, oh, well, once TJ Langton, we'll be fine. Well, that's presuming that nothing else happens for the rest of the season to your starting five. 
and the Lions would be very, 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 very lucky if that were the case. Um, that being said, I do think Matthew Stafford is moving the offense kind of efficiently. Um, he's had, I think, eight drives, no touchdowns, which is absolutely a concern. But I think out of those eight, maybe five had ended in field goal attempts or so. So they're moving the ball. The running game is looking better. I don't think you should have very high expectations for the running game right away, just because we're talking about all this offensive line stuff um, still kind of working its way out. But I'm I'm not concerned about the offense really at all, because I think Stafford looked great last game. I know his stat line is kind of mediocre. I was going to say, he had, the late, he had the lowest passer rating out of six quarterbacks that played in this game. He he also had to deal with, I think, four drops in this game, yeah. and they were bad drops. So I'm, I'm not concerned about Stafford. Pass protection was an issue. Again, I think he, in those eight drives, he's had five sacks. That's not good. And so we saw Taylor Decker struggle last week. Um, Frank Ragnow, who I, I will talk a little more in Impress Depress about, because obviously interesting that they moved him to right guard in this game, and he had to go up against Gerald McCoy. But that was kind of a mixed bag. And then, again, the Lions went through three or four guys that left guard this game, and none of them looked very well. So so that, that to me, is concerning. Depth on the depth pretty much everywhere on the offense is limited. But the, if the starters can stay out there for as long as they, they can and be healthy – I, I don't have a concern with the offense. Last word goes to Ryan before we move on to impress depress. I don't have a word. You don't have a word. You don't have any thoughts on this offense or anything else here. I want to get to impress depress. Let's do that right now. What is impress depress? It's the game we play when stock up is up and down, or we're just talking about guys who like re- we really like and guys who make us very, very sad. We will be right back and unveil it to you coming up next. I'm not going to sing that song again, am I? Do I have to sing the song? Is is every theme song on this on this POD cast now for our recurring segments mean I have to sing it myself? I mean, that's what the people want, right? You're pretty much a one man band. I know. Impress, depress. I don't have a second verse. Woo! All right. This is where this is basically our glorified uh, stock up, stock down, where we talk about guys who individually impressed us and guys who we did not like from preseason game three against the Buccaneers. And, oh, man, it's going to be a doozy. we got a really crowded uh, room here for D-Press. So, uh, Ryan, let's start with you. Who impressed you in this game? Oh, boy. Hey, uh, this is going to be kind of a shocker. Um, and I know the PFF grades came out and everything. But even before that, there was a guy who he made more good plays than bad plays. And I know I kind of harped on the offensive line a little bit. but. It was a good job, Joe Dalday. Wow. 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 Chris Spielman is happy now. Go good job for Joe Dahl. Yeah. I mean, the 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 cool thing about the cool thing about Joe Dahl is that sometimes he's really good, but then sometimes he's really bad. So like we have to like we have <laughs> That's to be the cool imp- thing? Yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely a cool thing because like or you could be Jared Davis, so you just be bad all the time. Yeah, okay. Um, was is that not fair? No, it's not. But go ahead. Okay. Um. But yeah, I I think that the cool thing uh, about Joe Dahl is that um, 
you know, maybe he may never be like the the good pass blocking um, guard that some of them might want him to turn into, but he's clearly a really good run blocker. Like I, I think that he's going to go a long ways towards um, kind of like solidifying uh, the depth at that position um, just along the interior. Cause he has some, he has a little bit of positional versatility too. So um, I, I, I was impressed with Joe doll. He had, a, he had a, he had one play where he, uh, where he sealed off his defender opposite of him and allowed uh Legarrette blunt to get through for a, for a nice long gain um in the early in the early stretches of the game so uh good job joe doll and i mean i, I kind of harps on how bad the reserves on the offensive line were last segment but it's worth noting that in the second half the lions were running the ball like crazy they were running the ball really really well in the second half against tampa bay and granted again we're talking about second and third stringers on defense but if there was a moment of hope for the lions offensive line depth i think it came in that second half the problem is we we know about the run blocking we know the run blocking with the screws a little bit better than the pass blocking and that's not necessarily a good thing for this offense all right jeremy who impressed you from this game i'm actually gonna stick on the offensive line mostly just because i kind of want to talk about this narrative and and maybe get your guys input on what it means but good job rookie frank ragnow going up against gerald mccoy in your first you know real real preseason game uh, I know it wasn't perfect. He gave up a sack. And honestly, Gerald McCoy kind of ate his lunch in terms of pass protection. Kind of a lot in this game, I'm not going to lie. But I thought he was fantastic as a run blocker. Um, him and it seems to me that him and uh, Graham Glasgow have really have really have some sort of rapport going. And there, I think two or three occasions they had combo blocks where one, you know, they team up on the first guy and one would go to the second level. And they played it perfectly every time. So I'm very excited to see those two next to each other, whether it's on the left or the right side. But um, just curious as to your guys' thoughts, what what do you think was the Lions thinking in in lining up Ragnow at right tackle? Were they just trying to save Matthew Stafford's life since McCoy, McCoy was waiting there and they didn't want Leo Kola Matangi on him? Or was it a test for the rookie? What, I'm, I'm curious as to how you guys saw it. I, I think that I think that it only makes sense to to think that you know, uh, Patricia talked about Gerald McCoy, um, I think going, going into the game. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, lining up right now at right guard, it, it not only did it allow him to maybe see some time over there because maybe he might see some time over there. We haven't seen TJ Lang play yet, but, um, I think pretty clearly like he wanted to get Frank Ragnow some reps against probably arguably like one of the top 10 interior defensive linemen in football. For sure. Top 10. Yeah. So, um, I, I know. I mean, like the stats don't bode incredibly well. Like, I mean, he did give up the sack, uh, and he did give up a, a, a hurry and some pressures and stuff. But, um, I mean, like I said, talking one of, talking about one of the best interior defensive linemen in, in McCoy. So. Yeah. I thought he held up well. All right. Now to the bad news. We got a crowded field here, and I want to know who just really you did not like. And once again, I'm going to start with Ryan here. Okay, I'm going to leave the guy that I know Jeremy wants to talk about um, to him. The guy, well, here's the other player that had a really, (laughs) really bad, no good, horrible day. And uh, Nevin Lawson. Oh, my God. Nevin Lawson, if there was ever if there was ever a game where Nevin Lawson had to play well, 
to give some Lions fans some sense of encouragement because if there's one thing that Lions fans have been able to hold on to um, even throughout last season and, and into this season, it's that, you know what? The Lions secondary is really deep. They're all, there's all this like great talent um, that, you know what? Willing to go to war with those guys. Don't know how excited I am about having Nevin Lawson be the number two cornerback. Deshaun Shedd. Don't know entirely what's going on there uh it's it's more than concerning like it's ready to i'm i'm ready to end the nevin lawson experience like Are, what what would replace him tease Tabor? i, you think I he's mean ready? Uh, here's the thing nevin lawson should be on an nfl team okay he's definitely like he's a he's a he's a serviceable cornerback as the team's number two he just he played so awful like you shouldn't be the leader in, in tackles playing at cornerback. Like that just shouldn't happen. That's, yeah. that's, that's not a good look. Um, Tar- targeted nine times in this game, gave up eight receptions, gave up eight receptions. And like, I know we always kind of joke about Nevin Lawson being the guy who's like always in position for the most part, but also the number one guy in like letting like passes be caught as well. Yeah, just cannot like, put a hand on the ball. Yeah, it always seems like he's right there, ready to make the play, and then he doesn't make the play. And we're kind of, we hold out hope that like, you know what, maybe just one day it might click, and all of a sudden he might be the guy. It's not going to happen. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. And to answer your question, Chris, like, I I don't know, like, if the answer is Tease Tabor. I don't know if the answer is even Deshaun Shedd. I, it's, I think the number two cornerback position is something that probably will have to be addressed at some point in the off season next year. But as it stands right now, I'm feeling a little uneasy about it. <laughs> and and it, what's interesting about this is this week, I, I had that five part interview with football outsider, Scott Kasmar. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. If it's not, I'm sorry, Scott, he's not listening anyways, who cares? Uh, <laughs> but he, I asked him, you know, where, where would you rank the line secondary? And he said they might be able to sneak in the top 15 because of Darius Slay. And his reasoning for not being higher, who's the number two cornerback. And, you know, he's like, I need to see more out of Tease Tabor or, or Nevin Lawson. And I think a lot of Lions fans took offense to that at first. They're like, well, what about Global Kin? What about, you know, uh, Quandre Diggs? Quandre Diggs. Uh, fair point, but. In the secondary, you're kind of only as good as your weakest link, right? If if your quarterback can target one dude over and over again, like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston and Ryan Griffin did, all three guys targeted him, then it, it doesn't matter how good Darius Slay is locking up half the field. So uh, it's a very good point, and it's a very big concern at this point. Um, I'm hoping that Deshaun Shedd is, is – they're just kind of – they're making sure he's 100% for the regular season. That's why they've held him out the past two games because he did enter training camp as a leader, but man, that was some yeah, awful like, night for Nevin Lawson. You're absolutely right in that, you know, things have changed. It's not just put your best corner on, on your top receiver and lock it down. It's, I mean, there, there's enough weapons to go around on the unmodern NFL field. You absolutely need to have two. Yep. And you guys move around too much. All right. Well that, I mean, if that's Ryan's and he's saying there's one worse, I don't want to even hear what Jeremy's got well, to say. No, but my, the one that was worse than Jared Davis was Nevin Lawson. So let's just talk about Jared Davis then. 
Okay. <laughs> so uh, wait, which which one did you want to talk about? Did you want to talk about Nevin Lawson as well or no? I was going to talk about Nevin Lawson, but let's okay. talk about Jared let's, Davis. Let's, let's talk Jared Davis because he's making a lot of headlines right now. Because, I mean, I, uh, number one draft pick from two years ago. and One year ago. One year ago. Two drafts ago, I should say. Sure. And, and like, yeah, he's he's not playing well. He, and he hasn't been playing well for a little bit. He didn't have a good rookie year. So what... What did you see in this game, though, Jeremy, that really depressed you? Well, it's kind of the same thing as Nevin Lawson, just as a linebacker, because he's in a position to make some great plays. He's like he's so athletic, and sometimes his instincts are actually very, very good in that he's meeting the running back right there in the backfield, four yards deep to make a four-yard loss. But he can't control himself. Like, he runs straight by the dude. He runs right by Peyton Barber, gets a hand on him, if that. And then Peyton's off to the run, gets a 14-yard touchdown. He has, was it Ryan Fitzpatrick, dead to right, flying in him in the backfield for a sack, misses it. Thankfully, Sylvester Williams there to to pick up the Lions' first and only sack of the preseason. But, I mean, it, it wasn't just that. Like, sometimes he does look like he doesn't know what's going on mentally. Sometimes it does look like he's missing his gaps. Sometimes it looks like he bites really hard on play action. We saw a lot of that in college and, and some of it last year. And and then there we, we didn't really see any coverage concerns from him this game, but we know that's lurking too. And so, I mean, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating seeing a guy who's so athletic, who's so at times instinctive and putting himself in the right place. And someone who's also like so devoted because he's usually one of the last people to leave on practice. Um, You can see him, you know, trying to learn the lions clearly see something in two because he's been the captain, but he's just not making the plays that he needs to make. And it's not only, you know, omitting the big plays from the defense, but it's, it's a liability at this point. And that is concerning. This guy is going to be the heart of the defense. And if he keeps making mistakes like this, then we're going to see a lot of big plays from the opposing offenses. And that's, that's obviously very concerning to me. Uh, like it, I, I can't feel nothing but dread looking at this defense. And I know we were supposed to get the head coach that was supposed to fix up the defense. And this is where it's supposed to go. But like, I don't know. I look at this defense and I don't see our identity with it at all. Identity is overrated. It's gonna sure, look sure. But like, what's 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 the anchor of this defense? I really want to look at other than Darius Slay. Like, what's what's the bright point other than Darius Slay? And I'm I'm just I keep coming up and shrugging about it. I mean, the cop out answer is the coaching. Cool. How many snaps does the coaching take? All of them. Can I talk about one more player that impressed me just real quick? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's get a little bit of positivity. To and on a positive note, because we're about yeah, to yes. Well, I, I think next segment we're going to get a little negative again, so it's nice to do these in waves. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Jean, Francois. Like, yes, uh, probably stand out of the preseason. Like, here, here's the thing that's so, so crazy. And I, and I tweeted this out during the game, but like, imagine if the Lions didn't have Ricky Jean Francois like, right now. Like, Jeremy, would that be enough for like you to hit the panic button? Because he's literally one of the he's literally one of the only guys who's consistently doing something like on almost every play. Yeah, I mean, he certainly helped mitigate some of the damage done by where the hell is Sean Robinson right now? Yeah. 
Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, the good thing about Ricky Gene is that we've seen him create some pass rush from the interior, which is something we right. haven't seen in this team since Sue was in town. So, yeah. yeah good job, I, Ricky. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you, pretty Ricky. Are you Ricky Gene? No. We're all Ricky even, Gene. We are all Ricky Gene. I think that's enough to put a kibosh in impress deep press. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this game. I think we're looking overall towards the season itself now and looking towards what's going to happen with this final roster. We're going to give our thoughts on that when we come back here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Stick around. Skip skipping the beach and not close enough so that space between you and me let's lose it the way you're dancing sway into the music girl that body and how you move it every time you cross my mind girl i lose it alexa play the country heat playlist okay with amazon music a voice is all you need get tens of millions of songs download the amazon music app today all right, back here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I think this is where we are going to start looking at who are the final members of this roster going to be. Uh, Jeremy, remind the people at home, the cutdowns happen a little faster this year, I believe, right? Well, yeah, it started last year. Um, there was a, a date when they cut down to, I think it was 75. Yep, they go straight the to 53 it's, now. They go straight to 53, which means it's going to happen two days after the Lions final preseason game, which is Saturday. Saturday by 4 p.m. I got to get him done. So, so probably probably before we put out our next POD cast. So yes. we're doing our predictions right now. Yes, let's do it. We'll just go straight down by position, I guess, and talk about who we think is in yeah. and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's good. You want to start on quarterbacks? Do you want to start? Talk, we talk talk about the last stand of Jake Rudock. Yeah, man. Game game winning quarterback, baby. He's got oh, all Christ. the Matthew Stafford in him now. <laughs> he finally um, rubbed off. He has all the Matthew Stafford in him on the waiver wire shortly coming. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement here that Rudox probably the, the odd guy you're, out. You're finally throwing that towel and you won over you won the battle over Brad yes, Kaya, man. but your boy but your Michigan man is finally losing to decrepit old old ancient gunslinger Matt Castle. <laughs> uh and and let's be clear here, Matt Castle did not win the backup job. <laughs> Jake Rudock lost it. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't lose it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, right. But I mean, good, good on Jake Rudock to, to finally put some good tape out there last game. But I think his real challenge was was week two in the preseason when he was out there with some starters and he did not look good. And so I think that's when he lost it. Yeah, it's, there, there's nothing to say really here. Let's move on to running backs. I think we've all said by now we know what the the four are. It's going to be Johnson, Blunt, Riddick, Abdullah. I don't see any of those guys getting traded at all. And then probably, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen if there's going to be a fullback. What do you guys see about? But it's it's game over for Zach Center and Dwayne Washington, right? Yes. Yeah, it's curtains for those guys. They okay. barely played at all last preseason game. They'll get a shot to showcase themselves against the Browns. But, I mean... Just look at the way they've been using Amir Abdul in this preseason. Seems like a roster lock to me. But yeah, I think the question is now fullback because we were promised. Yeah, Bottoms on the IR, I believe. Right. Yep. And we were promised this was going to be the return of the fullback year. And they've used Nick Bullor about seven to 10 snaps each game. 
which is not a lot. But I, I still think he makes it. I think this team has invested enough in the running game where they and, – and let's be clear, they don't have anyone else on the roster that can do this, right? Is there anyone else? There's no one else that I've seen get snaps at fullback. There's no one we, else we that I think – have anyone who any really – there's no one who fits that fullback role. Yeah. yeah. The the only other guy that might fit that role is Luke Wilson. And we don't know his current status. He left the game with the knee injury. Uh, so I, I think Bodden's in. Um, so technically they keep five backs uh, this year, but we'll, we'll see. All right. Now here comes the blitz. Here comes just the slaughter grounds at wide receiver. Ryan, who's going to survive this massacre? Uh, I, it's going to be four. It's going to be it's going to be Jones and Jones and Tate and Galladay. It's a bummer. I mean, I I was thumping the Brandon Powell train um, after the first preseason game. He led the team in receiving. Uh, we didn't talk at all about how he had his 80 yard punt return for a touchdown because it happened in the same game where there was a 109 yard kick return. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I I like Brandon Powell. Like I, I know that a lot of the talk's been about you know Teal Redding. He's clearly not going to make the roster. He's a practice squad guy. Uh, the Jake's Billings lead train, um, unfortunately, seems like it's it's slowing down to a complete halt just because of injuries and and you know some other players playing better than him, like like Brandon Powell. Brandon Powell is a guy who definitely I think is a, a practice squad candidate should definitely make the practice squad. Um, and, but at the same time, wouldn't surprise me if somebody came along to, to scoop him off the Lions practice squad, because he's, he's just serviceable in a few ways. Like he could end up, he can end up being the gunner. Um, he, you know, can play that. He, he fits the mold of, you know, the smaller slot receiver um, may not be the fastest guy that you could put out on the field, but it, it's a, I don't know. I they're going to keep four. They're going to keep four wide receivers because of our next positional group that we're well, going to talk about after this. Let me ask you this because I agree that they're probably only going to keep four. But how safe do you think TJ Jones's job is? Because he hasn't shown up in the preseason much at all. He did have a touchdown against the Giants, but other than that, I think he has maybe three or four total catches. Are you? Are you? I mean, we went into this preseason thinking he was a lock. I'm not so sure anymore. We've we've done this before with TJ Jones. <laughs> we have we have quite often every year it seems. Right, and then there was the year where he was, there was the year there's the year where he was cut, and we were all shocked. Right, and he um, came right back. Yeah, he came back eventually, but so uh, yeah, yeah. I I mean, can I, I ask think, this then? Yeah, um, go ahead. Can I ask this then? Because like I have not seen a lot out of Kenny Galladay. I think he's going to make the roster just because of where he was drafted, but. Has has he really played well enough to justify a spot here versus some of these other guys we're talking about? Yeah, Kelly Galladay is as solid of a lock in this roster as Kenny. Okay, okay. I no, I mean I I will answer the question real quick. Like Kenny Galladay hasn't played all that well in the preseason. He had a really he had a really bad drop in uh, this past game. True, but no, I mean he's 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 been out there in two wide receiver sets with the starters. Mm-hmm. They've been they've been putting Golden Tate on the bench. It was different this game, but for the Giants game, they had Kenny Galladay and two wide receivers. He's going to be a big part of the offense. Okay, he, I'm not concerned at all about him. And tight ends. Let's talk about our tightest of ends here. We had some good competition, but I think it's going to. How many tight ends are the Lions going to carry into the season? You think? I think it's going to be four. Really. I think it's going to be four, especially especially with the Luke Wilson. Like, not not too sure about his status, but um, 
the, the other thing that we're not too sure of is like if he's a contributor or not because he hasn't done much of it in the preseason. There has there's there's been one guy who's really contributed consistently um, throughout the preseason and even in training camp as well. And he was viewed as the odd man out. But now you have to view him as one of the guys in, right, Jeremy? Hakeem, just, Hakeem just, say name, just say his name, man. Yes, Hakeem Velez. Hakeem the Dream. Sorry, uh, I, I, I ruined your bet. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I shout out to Zack Snyder. He, he said he called it from before training camp that you need to not pay the director Zack Snyder. What? No, not, not the, not not the director Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder from Detroit Jock City. We always have to formerly of Detroit, formerly of Detroit Jock City. We always have to clarify that. But um, yeah, I, the the thing that stuck out to me most was that he got time with the starters this week and he still looked good. He picked up a very big third down while the lines were deep in their own zone. And he's the only guy that's getting open. That's consistently catching passes. Now to be fair, Luke Wilson and Levine Toilo and Michael Roberts probably would have been catching a lot of passes. If Jake Rudock was their quarterback for most of the preseason too, since he just checks down to whoever the hell is five yards in front of him. But we've yet to really see Akeem Velez make a mistake. Whereas we've seen Michael Roberts drop a ball. We, I think Luke Wilson also dropped one earlier in the season. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like you said, also with the, the injury to Luke Wilson, not knowing how serious that is, Belez has got to be a lock. But to me, a guy that maybe isn't a lock is Michael Roberts because I've been not, very disappointed by his play. Talk about another 2017 draft pick disappointment. All right, let's let's talk about the defensive end of the ball here. Let's start with defensive ends. And uh, I know we're kind of riffing off of some of the stuff that Kent Lee Platty wrote and our own bubble watches, but I am curious where you see the defensive ends because, like, I think I think Jeremiah Valawaga is in right now. But Kent, of course, disagrees with me. Where, where, do, you see, where do you see defensive ends playing out right now? Because we've got, like, you know, Alex Barrett, Cam Johnson – Kerry Hyder, like what's going to happen here at this admittedly fairly weak position outside of Ezekiel Ansah? It's so confusing right now because the Lions have been mixing and matching and, and just trying everyone in every position, it seems like. And then there's also the distinction between what's a defensive end, what's a linebacker. Uh, Cam Johnson is a guy who played in the first half last week, played when Devon Kennard was taking a rest. And that's kind of a you know defensive end linebacker hybrid role, whatever you want to call it. That was shocking to me. So he's in on the roster for me right now. Jeremiah Valawaga did not play, did not take a single defensive snap last last game on Friday. So I don't know if this is just them trying everything out. Alex Barrett played a bunch, twenty snaps. Um, Deshaun Hand I think is a, is a clear in whether you consider him a defensive tackle or defensive end. Uh, but yeah, right now I have Cam Johnson and Jeremiah Valoaga out simply with how they played around with the snaps last week. But we've been fooled by that kind of stuff before, so I I don't think it's necessarily been decided yet. Yeah, I was gonna say like we we've seen this before where some guys don't really play that much in preseason because of various reasons. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, if the guy didn't play in the dress rehearsal, it's I I think it's less of them trying to figure out maybe if other guys are going to be contributors um, and, and more so more so is showing that that's going to be a guy who's not going to make the roster. So he does have practice squad eligibility. So um, let him, let him go down there. 
All right. Quick defensive tackle. Who's the odd man out? Jeremiah Ledbetter or Christian Ringo? I might have them both out, honestly. No Ledbetter, huh? I don't know. Like a lot of a lot of people were surprised that Ledbetter was on our bubble watch all this time, but again, we're talking about a guy who had five snaps last game. I'm not so certain that this guy's in. I'm not so certain that they're going to keep more than four defensive tackle slash no t- nose tackle types like Ricky Jean, Sylvester Williams, Ashawn, and then Deshaun Hand. Essentially, works as your kind of DTDE guy. That mm-hmm. might be enough right there. It's pretty light, but I can see it. Yeah. All right. Moving on to linebackers, then where where do we? Uh see this playing out well Isn't now it? we get to finally talk about the guy that we ignored the entire podcast the What's guy that? the lions traded for this oh week. yeah eli, eli harold yeah yes. yeah yeah why not let's talk um, about him right now well yeah i think he right now jumps into a roster spot i hope we get to see a bunch of him in the fourth preseason game we obviously didn't see him in the in the third uh but i think right now he's kind of slotted right behind devon Kennard as as essentially his his uh, winded replacement. So when Devon Kennard gets tired, I don't think we're necessarily going to see Cam Johnson jump in there and, and, and take his role. Whereas uh, I think Harold has a, has a pretty good chance to take on that role, but that means we're going to have to knock someone off the roster, probably at the linebacker position. And I think that's bad news for all these kind of undrafted, you know, training camp guys like Chad Meredith, Freddie Bishop, Trevor Bates, Trevor Bates is a guy that I think a lot of people started to like. I think this knocks him off the roster, but it's going to be close. Pretty much in agreement with that. I mean, Eli Harold's going to have to, I don't know. They they traded for him, and I know that they get their pick back if if he doesn't make the team. Um, but seems like he's got a lot to prove in one week. All right, I'm going to give you three names here. You guys tell me if these guys survive or not when it comes to linebackers. Uh, Miles Killebrew. He's the skin is, yeah, yeah, I think he's like 52 or 53 on this roster, but yes, I think he's in. Oh, wow. Uh, Freddie Bishop. No. No. Out. Chad Meredith. Out. Out because Miles Killebrew's in. Steve Longa. He's on IR, poor guy. Yeah, I know, I know that, but like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> If you know that, then he's not making the roster. Gosh. <laughs> All right, corners. This one Have seems a, I mean, pretty easy. It's pretty cut and dry. It's going to be Slay, Shed, Diggs, Lawson, Agnew, and Tabor, right? And everyone else was just trying out for some tape, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. And then finally, safety. Uh, before we get on the special team, safeties. We have anyone, like, we, we know who the safeties are going to be again, right? Quinn, Wilson, Walker. The, who's the, the fourth? Yeah, that's the, really the only question. And Roland Milligan's been getting a lot of playing time in the preseason, while Charles Washington has pretty much been special teams. Roland Milligan has, has not looked good, though. No, he's in looked the preseason. Like garbage. He's like, what do you better make about the recent addition of Marcus Cromartie, though? Does he have no shot? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, I think it's Charles Washington simply because of special teams, and the Lions have enough DBs in general that can play safety. If, yeah. need, if need be. Or even so Miles Killebrew. Miles Killebrew, Quandre Diggs. So that if, if the lines get hit with injury at safety, they still don't have to worry about Charles Washington being in there. He can just be a special teams guy while Quandre or, or Miles drops back. Ryan Santoso came in and he has been valiant, but will he get a spot either over Sam Martin or Matt Prater? 
considering again Matt Prater missed a 62 yarder that got returned for six points Santosa missed like a 40 some yarder that didn't end up counting because there was legal formation on the wasn't didn't result in six points the other way (laughs) you're you're gonna put that all on on Matt Prater I I am yes absolutely uh we didn't even talk (laughs) about the offensive line by the way I think we all know who the offensive line is going to be, though. Like, unless you want to like, what? What do you? Okay, so fine. I'll. I'll, We'll. We'll finish off there. Like bottom of there. I. I, Because I think Corey Robinson makes this roster. I do. So I guess the question of like, what? Okay, fine. So we got some other guys down here. What do you think? Brian Mahalik, Joe Dahl, Kenny Wiggins. Well, yeah, it it all starts with questions in the middle because I think you're you're probably keep four tackles. Your two starters, Decker and Wagner, and Crosby and. Corey Robinson, I think, is your is your other tackle. Could be Brian Mahalik, but he's not getting much playing time. So we have to talk about the reserves at center and, and guard. So Leo Kolomitagi, Wesley Johnson, Kenny Wiggins, Joe Dahl. Those are four. I don't know how many the Lions end up keeping. Probably two or three. Who of those four makes it? Kolomitagi, Wesley Johnson, Wiggins, and Dahl. I think Kolomitagi makes it, um, but he's a guy that I would consider like on the fringe. Um, yeah. I guess, I don't know. You kind of consider a lot of these guys on the fringe. I don't think Wesley Johnson's going to make it. Yeah. I think, I think that they would rather keep Joe Dahl because of his like versatility along the line. Also Bob Quinn draft pick, a guy that they've you know been bringing along really slowly and has also knows, knows all the system. He's been here a minute. Yeah. So, and I mean, I, I, I think Dahl makes it. If, if they're going to keep an extra interior guy, I think it's going to be Wiggins. I just don't think it's going to be Johnson. I think it'll be Kolo Matangi, Wiggins, and Dahl. Um, if if it's only two of those guys, you could honestly do a toss-up between Kolo, Kolo Matangi and Wiggins, and Wiggins just yeah. because maybe you want the maybe you want the veteran guy and, and, and Leo can go back to the practice squad, yes? The, the only leg up I think Johnson has, Wesley Johnson has on all those guys, is he's taken more reps at center than any of them. Yeah, what you know, I'm, and it would it would be an absolute disaster though. But like, I mean, if Glasgow did get hurt, then Ragnow could play center. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think that I think that would be the team's first move. I I don't think that okay. they would go. Yeah, I don't think that they'd immediately insert Wesley Johnson. So, yeah, all good points. I, I don't I don't have a clue what they're gonna do there at all because I'm both like Joe Dahl has been up and down. Wiggins has been mostly down, but getting a lot of time with the ones. And then Wesley Johnson, like I said, has been getting a lot of center reps. Uh, so I, it could be anyone. It could be three of those guys. It could be two. It could be one. Maybe they just completely, you know, new scorched earth and, and find someone else on the waiver wire. But I don't know. That, that's one I'm going to keep a close eye on when, when the cuts happen on Saturday. Well, I think, I think that's a great place to leave it. The Detroit lions. We don't know. <laughs> Let's move on to the mailbag. We got all your questions. We got a lot of questions now. Thank you for the last uh, influx coming here. We'll get to them right next in the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Yeah. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Mel News here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD as always get your questions in and we will answer as many as possible. We'll do everything we can. Uh, Jeremy though, we, we don't have reviews, do we? Nope. You guys, regular season's coming. Bunch of people are going to be looking for lions podcasts. If you want them to enjoy, if you want your, like, let's say you want to go to work and talk about the podcast Monday morning, hopefully, which is where we're going to try to aim for releasing these during the season. You want to talk with your coworkers about it. You better show them the podcast. You better give us a review, and then it'll be at the top of you really you know, the don't. charts. We've got plenty of po- we've got plenty of reviews, and I feel like each time we ask for them, we just get people who are like mad at us reviewing us. I don't care. Come at us, bro. Bring it. I care. I don't want our reviews taken down. Anyway, let's get on to the mailbag. I'm not going to threaten you people with anything today. Ah, uh, where do we start with the mailbag? We got plenty of lions questions. And we got some plenty of weirder questions let's start with a tangentially lines related one from snow lion eric ebron five from five and a touchdown versus the niners given the wilson injury and the disappointing outings by roberts will the lions end up regretting releasing ebron that's a tough question because i feel like it was a mutual departure. that's <laughs> <laughs> it was mutual. They, there was no keeping Eric Ebron, even if they wanted to at that point. I think Eric Ebron wanted to go. Um, I think he's going to have a fine year with the Colts. I think he's a fine tight end. I mean, not great, not horrible. He's a fine tight end. And yeah, I don't think the Lions have someone as good as Eric Ebron on the roster at tight end. I think we all were in agreement from that from the get-go. It's going to suck, and you people are going to really wish you hadn't been sending all those, oh, ha-ha, you dropped something, jokes at him. And you deserve all of it. <laughs> Sounds like you're threatening the fan base right after you said you wouldn't. Well, <laughs> I am changing the gre- the negotiation <laughs> tactics. I, I, I'm, I'm really messed up right now. I've been, okay. Ryan Collins at Shafty Von Hack. Is Billy Goat and Concourse C at O'Hare overrated? I've never been to Billy Goat, but apparently it's known all over the world. But I've never... Never had it. Maybe it's, it's it's apparently people telling me something good in airports, so I'm gonna just say that this is probably false. Fake news. Yeah, I don't even know what this is. I've never even heard of this, but I'm looking it up right now. All okay, the first thing that shows up is grilled cheese. Wow. Really cool. 
Well, Ryan seems to have the most knowledge, so you go ahead, Ryan. No, I mean, I I did uh, I did some I did some preparation for this podcast, so I took a look at some questions and needed to know what Billy Goat was, so I know just as much as anybody who's looked at their page. Jeremy knows as much as I do now. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a diner. I'll admit that the Italian beef sandwich looks good, but I'm sure if you're in Chicago, yeah. there are a billion better Italian beef sandwiches. So, hot take: I just don't like Italian beef. Wow. Coming from the the adequate Italian of the of the group, those are Chicago Italians. They're weird and like killing people. <laughs> okay, my family was good West Pennsylvania Italian. We mined for like coal and ran restaurants and bullshit. The hardworking Italians, not to use these flashy New Yorkers, we're blue collar. All right, Constrictor fourteen asking us. Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack still don't have contracts. Maybe we need a talent infusion now rather than waiting to draft someone next year. Trade time is the question. (laughs) Oh, that would be nice. We're not going to get, no one's going to pull off a trade like that, right? Never happens. Trades in the NFL aren't, aren't there. They just did quit trying to be not this late, not this late. Like, I mean, we, we we did see during before the Super Bowl, we did see Alex Smith going to Washington, but not it's it's not going to be happening here a, a week, two weeks before the regular season. Plus, Andy Benoit said that Aaron Donald doesn't deserve to be defensive MVP because the Rams can't run the ball. So is that how you say his name? It, it is Benoit. <laughs> it's not Benoit? No, it's Benoit. Oh, my God. He can't do anything right, can he? <laughs> He also did say the Lions offensive line could be top five this year. So I uh, know nope, nope, I, I think nope, everything nope. he says is right. You're not endearing to me. Kajeka Smith asking us what song slash albums is the POD staff listening to in preparation of the regular season? And by way of this, I want to say congratulations to you guys. You guys got to see Toto in concert the other night, I believe. We did up in Windsor or down yeah. in Windsor. I guess down in Windsor. <laughs> Yeah, down in Windsor. Uh, yeah, we they played all three songs that we knew. <laughs> Four. Well, all three songs of theirs that we knew. I only know Africa. They, they technically played six songs that we knew as collectively as a group. That is true. Yep, because they did play uh, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." Yep. They played uh, "Human Nature." Yep, which apparently they collaborated with. Michael Jackson on in some sort of way. Yes. And uh, they played Hash Pipe, the they, cover of Weezer's. Oh, my God. They closed with it. That was their encore song. I yeah. thought that there was zero chance that they were going to play it. And they came back out and they played it. This isn't a hot take. Toto's version of Hash Pipe is better than Weezer's. Whoa. <laughs> I like that. No, no, no. I like that. It's nice and picante. Oh, and no. Right. Like, it's it's very right. Like it's it, so it's so right. It felt right. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I was very happy with their their uh, performance of. I was actually not that thrilled with the performance of Africa. For being honest, no, they be honest, that, they've got to be tired of playing that song oh, everywhere they go. They, probably people are like, play before, Africa. Literally before they played, they're like, all right, it's time to play that song. I know <laughs> they, they, they must hate they, that. Oh, they had to have hated it because guess what. It made me hate the song a little bit, which which I thought was impossible, right? But yeah. so they decided to play like 
they decided to turn Africa into like a 12 minute experience. Yes, okay? yes, they did. They played the song as is. Then they decided to let Lenny, the guy who plays the bongo drums, he he rattled off some three minute bongo solo that for the first like 30 seconds is like, oh, this is cool. This is rad. This guy's killing it. And then by like minute and a half, two minute mark, it's like somebody somebody get Lenny off the stage because everybody <laughs> else had left and they just left Lenny to sit there and bongo his way into ruining songs like he he almost ruined africa but then they came back out and then they were they were like scatting it was it was not it was not good the africa i'm I'm almost convinced that that bongo solo like it wasn't planned the the band was just like they were like uh what is it well like we we might quit the band right now you're going (laughs) way too long let's just leave the stage and if we Let's huddle in the back, see if we want to come back out. All right, fine. We'll do some weird scatting. And, and and to me, the funniest part about the whole concert was, of course, it's going to be an older crowd. So we're an hour into the, what it go? It almost went two hours, right? It was like 90. It was, it was two hours, yeah. Yeah, which is shocking. But half like halfway or, or three quarters of the way through, I'm like, I turned to, to Reno, who was there with us, I'm like, wow, you can tell this is a really old crowd because no one has pulled out their phone to record at all. And then they start playing Africa and everyone's phone comes out. So literally everyone was just waiting for that song. Tell you, man, that's got to be it. They are just personally pissed off because that is the one song everyone asks for. And you you come, right. even if it's your best song, you come to resent it if you have to play it that I'm much. Sure. Oh, yeah. Especially they've, they've been doing it for how, I mean, what, 40 years. It's insane. Yeah. So. That being said, it still better be the halftime show of Thanksgiving game. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I might be going to go see Yes tonight. They're up in Beverly Hills for like a 50-year anniversary, about like half the band. It's $2 <laughs> tickets because they want to make it that price. But I'm sure someone's going to be up there yelling for them to play Owner of a Lonely Heart, and they are just going to shoot them the dirtiest fucking looks some <laughs> old men can do. Uh, the, the for me the the one thing that was also a bummer is that I got there a, a little late. Like I missed a song and a half, and one of the songs I missed, I missed half of "Hold the Line," <laughs> and that was a bummer because I was like, "Well, shit!" Now I only know two songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, back to the original question from Smith. <laughs> yeah, we ignored the whole question. I'm sorry. I just wanted that as a platform because we no. forgot to talk. We, we definitely need to talk about what, that. What, what albums are you guys getting hyped up for, getting ready for with uh, the season on? I think you're going to have to take this, Ryan, because you're a resident only guy who listens to modern music expert. I, I, well, I wanted to be the good guy, and I wanted to plug what I'm assuming we're going to be doing again for a third oh, yes. straight season. Reno our, and I were talking about it, yeah. Yeah, our soundtrack to the season it's pretty nice to go back and listen to those. They're both available on Spotify, uh, but go ahead and check those out because it's been getting me into the mood because now ever since we started soundtrack to the season, I know which songs go with which games. And it's pretty cool. Cause it like takes yeah. me back to like, it takes me back to like that week or that game, which do is you pretty have, cool. Do you, do you have the exact title of those so people can search it on, on Spotify? Uh, I uh, do. I, yeah. It's the soundtrack to the season. Um, uh, Colin, Detroit Li- a Colin. listening experience for the 2017 Detroit Lions. Yeah, and then we also had one for 2016 as well. Well, I do have one album I've been listening to in preparation for this. Probably the one that I have that won't get people mad at me for talking about bluegrass or anything like that. And I think I did feature one of these one of these uh, artists songs on one of the, your 
playlist there, Ryan. I've been listening to the new album out of Jedi Mind Tricks, uh, The Bridge in the Abyss. Oh, cool. I didn't know that they were still making music. Yep, yeah, Vinny Paz still going, still going strong. I think I think they lost, like, uh, Stoop or whatever his name was, so they're okay. still, yeah. Does Vinny Paz's voice still sound like he eats gravel? Oh, absolutely. That man, awesome. that, that, that big Sicilian man still, it sounds like he smokes three packs a day. That's the best part of any pause. Mm-hmm. Um, that and his crazy conspiracy theories. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, okay. Next question we got here is from N.E. Shaw, who's asking us, Mansoor Shaheen has been working his way up the POD ladder. What is his next step? Which one of the POD staff should be the most concerned that he is coming for their jobs? He already has his own title. So he, he got he came in and immediately went to deputy editor. So he's technically above most of us, even though some of us are senior editors. He's above like all of us that aren't Jeremy. I feel bad about that. But the, but the thing is, is that do, that doesn't make him more important. So if the question is like, who is he becoming more important than? <laughs> Reno, I'd watch out. I mean, everyone everyone's gotten more important than reno though you won't even is, come on the podcast he won't come on the podcast he's anymore. scared to come on the podcast not i mean even beyond that like let's talk about the real issues he's a selfish Fortnite player <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man we just got a dub earlier today okay do you remember our time spent at lazy links where he decided to kill seven people when all you need oh, that's kill? right <laughs> yes yeah and that, that's happened in the past week. That's easy memory recall. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, I, I wish Alex could be a better, a better contributor in 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 many facets. And I think that he Monster has a way of becoming more liked. He also likes mobile quarterbacks. So I would just say Reno, look out. Next question here is for Ryan again. Harrington H O S H O F. Excuse me asking us what makes a good rapper how important is lyrical content when determining if you like a particular rapper versus his flow if you asked me this question when i was 15 um i would just say like the only thing that matters are lyrics and then i grew up and figured out that like i like listening to music that sounds good so i mean i i guess that's i guess that's i guess that's a difference for me because i still like a lot of lyric stuff versus like I don't know, because I mean, a lot of trap, a lot of trap music just doesn't appeal to me because there's like no discernible lyrics for me to grab onto. Am I wrong there, or is it? I don't know. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to find like help me understand the balance that you find. I think the balance that I find is I almost get like attached to a producer now more so than I do like a than I do like a like a like an MC or a lyricist. Like I I I, I feel like for me. I'm more interested in, in projects that are like one producer and one rapper. Like those really appeal to me. Um, I don't know. Like that, that just changed for me. Like at a certain point, I want to say like probably a few years ago, like it, like it just became more important for me to find music that sounded good. And then I, and then I kind of, I don't want to say that like the lyrics, no, no, they did. Like the lyrics took like a step back in terms of like the importance for me. But so what, they're still, they're still is, super important. You you really like the Kanye Poopity Scoop song. Is that what you're saying? Objectively, that's a good song. 
<laughs> is it not? I mean, like, I, did, I'm it bring you to... enjoy? did you enjoy it? <laughs> I'm just trying to find the answer that won't be like stereotypically white talking about how much you like run the jewels. I mean, like run the jewels is cool. Like, I don't know. I guess, like, like I, I've, I've opened up the talent pool for like music that I like. Like I used to be like a really big snob and that mm-hmm. who, who likes that person at parties. Not really. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, I don't like Macklemore. <laughs> that's that's not a high bar to clear though by the way i think i said stoop was a former member of jedi mind tricks i meant juice a but just want to oh, okay. clarify that before someone else jumps in my mentions yelling at me for not knowing what i'm talking about it's already happened someone yeah i know jacob music 88 asking us new england has never been a good drafting team just a good coach team can you ease us fans into why this could possibly work for us too uh, I, I have bad news for you. His name's Matt Patricia. It's not Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, that kind of makes it sound like uh, the, the Patriots don't really care about their draft. And I, I, I don't necessarily agree with the assessment that they're bad at drafting. They're not exceptional at drafting like there's like their standings would suggest. Uh, but they're fine. Like they, they get some good guys. They get some guys that they end up trading for even more value than when they drafted them. So I don't know. Uh, let's not let's not go down that road. Let's not think that way. You don't want to think that the Lions are going to be bad at drafting. They're certainly not going to try to be bad at drafting and just overcome it. But uh, obviously, we, we talked a little bit before that 2017 draft is looking a little iffy. What's your thoughts on this, Ryan? What? Okay, wonderful. Next question we have here from Brent Haverty. Since the season is lost, who are we looking at with the first pick in the draft? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I mean, I I really like uh, was Ed Oliver from Houston. He seems like a pretty popular name. College football and, season's here, baby. And he and he plays defensive line, so that's that's exactly what the Lions need. You know what the Lions are also going to need is a backup quarterback. And I have two two answers to that conundrum one is obviously Shea Patterson obviously going to be a great NFL quarterback Lions would be lucky to have him yo get the the kid out of Hawaii Cole McDonald let's go for it no the other one also comes from the state of Michigan do you know who I'm talking about not talking about anything we're talking about Cole McDonald kid through 420 yards he's probably the bet one of the best recruits out of California go for him no Jeremy's on to something I'm not kidding Michigan man Steel Fortress, baby. Let's get him. Steel Fortress. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you, Star Side. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain.
Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.